everything's scaled. The cookie is scaled. Uh, the creams are scaled. So everything has to be the same portions. And so when the person have their one bite, it's well balanced. You're listening to The Taste Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Unji Lee is a pastry chef running one of New York City's most exciting new spots, Lee Say. On this episode, we find out how Unji was born in Korea and trained in France before working at some of the world's top restaurants. Now she has Lise, which is a dessert studio that is honestly one of the hottest restaurant tickets in town. I also find out what it's like competing on France's extremely popular cooking reality show and what drives her to create some of America's finest desserts. This is such a sweet conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Unji Lee, welcome to the Taste Podcast. Hi, thank you. It's, it's nice to finally meet you in the studio. I, I went to Lisey, had like maybe all the cakes except for the corn because it was not available. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. How are you doing? Good, great. Keep uh, doing, being busy because during the holiday seasons. Oh my gosh, I know. How many cakes do you make on a typical day? Oh, typical t- typical day yeah. means not uh, not holiday season. Yeah, uh, we're making four hundred to five hundred. What in one day? Yeah, amazing. But so business is good. Yeah, so business. Yeah, <laughs> luckily, like yeah, it, it's good. We are doing great, and we keep being busy. So uh, very grateful. Amazing. Well, the work is incredible. I've I've enjoyed it Thank tremendously. You. <laughs> but I've also enjoyed how much you've furthered Korean cooking in New York. I mean, many, many diners have only experienced Korean food through savory, but not through a dessert counter. So can you describe the style of your restaurant? It's pretty unique, I would say. Mm, Yeah, thank you. Uh, So Lise, which means Lee and museum in French word uh, combination. So it it, which means Lee's sweet museum. Um, And it it is very uh, like Korean style, but also like French and the New Yorkers. uh, It's... Same as my identity because I'm like Korean, French, New Yorker yep. as well. So uh, I think my identity it's uh, it goes into my pastry and then my dessert style as well. So our Lise dessert and me myself it's French, uh, Korean, New Yorker. I love that, and we will get into the kind of style of the the, the service, which I think is unique too. It feels like a museum, to be honest, but. Let's talk about your your your, your history in, in France. And you competed on a French culinary competition sc- show, Kisara le Perchon Grand Patisserie. Okay? Did I say it okay? Yeah, Decent. your pronunciation is great. Decent. All right. No, but I want to know, like, we love reality cooking shows in America. Um, what is it like in France, though, competing and then winning the show? Mm. Did you win the show? Sorry, I might have just made that up. No, I was uh, second place. Okay, I gave you the promotion to winner, but what, what was, was that like? Um, it was 
um, it was really fun, and then I uh, I learned a lot uh, from this experience and this competition show because every missions was challenging, mm-hmm. and then we sometimes we made uh, the challenges missions in studio, but also we went to. Uh, other places like other restaurant under a chef and other places so everything was very uh unique and expensive mm-hmm. experience for me and then i uh really loved it was there an ingredient that you um found particularly challenging difficult there was a one mission when i went to uh two-star Michelin restaurant uh, in some island. Uh. Um, yeah. And yeah. then he, the mission was he brought some basket and then he, uh, it, which was covered. And then after that, he showed us that uh, there were like salt and then like potatoes. What? And <laughs> potatoes. Yeah, buckwheat and some, Great. some there like specialty uh their specialties in their island, uh-huh. in the island. So yeah. it was really fun. Yeah, I mean, what like potatoes and pastry can be challenging. That's not the ingredient I think of. Uh, yes, there was a, there were potatoes and then some beets and a lot of like savory ingredients. Yeah. Since he's a savory chef, and I love those kind of challenging that that I've never used or I never got used to. So I picked up the potatoes and I made a dessert with that. Oh, my God. I bet it was great. And you got second place. So congrats. Thank you. Let's talk about Korea because you your identity, as you mentioned, is is both. It's all it is Korea. It is New York. It is France where you, you've worked in all locations. But let's talk about Korea in terms of the pastry that's being done in Korea. For you, what's happening there that maybe American diners aren't quite seeing that you think is unique and interesting in Korea? Mm, is it Korean dessert dessert culture? Yeah, like the culture of, because I was just there and I I got to go to all sorts of places and and I have a couple of my own observations, which I've been going there many times. I've been there six times and it's changed over the past twelve years. I'm just been wanting to ask you this since I've been to Lise. Um, in Korea, I I think like f- recent five in five five recent five years, yeah. uh, there were a lot of changings. Yes, so we had a uh, like. Right now, we had a lot bigger food scene and then pastry scene in Korea developed yes. as well. And um, before, it was more like a little bit closer to Asian, Japanese style. And now we have a lot of European style pastries too in Korea. And um, Lise, I, besides those uh, experiences and development in Korea. Uh, when I since I was young, I just want wanted to uh, create my own place one day, mm-hmm. and it was a uh, like pastry gallery and then yeah. museum style of desserts. Absolutely, the the gallery element is is very interesting. The yeah, way you because said that. why why I start the reason that I started to you know dream to be a pastry chef was a pastry pastry was edible art to me so I always wanted to highlight those pastries as a object in museum Um, so since I was like 14 years old I wanted to be a pastry chef I just I dreamed to open one day and then have my own space as a pastry gallery oh my god I mean the 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 brown rice toasted, toasted brown rice mousse cake 
wow. <laughs> it's your signature. It's it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And um, when you are creating these these desserts. I guess when you say gallery, it's it truly is that you walk upstairs. You know, the, the the street level space is where you dine, but if you walk upstairs, you're seeing all of your cakes under, kind of under glass or just out in the open, which is what I saw a lot in in Korea, like um, in many of the the studios I went to. That seems like a style choice for you. At the very beginning, it was only for one. I didn't. I never imagined to have a two floors. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, for at the very beginning, we were just. I was looking for just the first floor, and then I really loved the location and the size and everything. But just that the ceiling was a little low to yeah. me because I like to have a concept of gallery and museum, and then I wanted to have. Uh, high selling mm-hmm. for you know the ambience of more gallery style mm-hmm. so and then he showed me that oh do you want to see the second floor and then I went I went up and it was a such a like it was small space yeah. but then with a really high ceiling and then the large window so with sunlight everything I really loved that space so so that's why I said, okay, let's do two floors then. Yeah. <laughs> and then first floor as a dining room and second floor as a pastry gallery, uh, which is unique. Um, but also it makes sense that people, when you go to like the museum, MoMA or Whitney Museum, you walk upstairs and you don't really care. No. And then you enjoy the, you know, uh, the art and everything. So I started from that we designed very cool. And it's it's definitely special when you can, it's like the duality of the space, having the dining room downstairs and then walking up, seeing the pastries all lined up, watching your, you know, cooking up there, upstairs too. You have, you have two spaces for cooking. Very It integrates really well. Um, and back in Korea, uh, back to that, like you're walking down the streets like Sangsu or Apujang and you're seeing like all these restaurants selling croissants, kuganaman, mm. selling cookies, and you're smelling butter. Like, I had not smelled butter in Seoul ever until this recent trip. Like, it really hit me. It, it, it's a real trend in Korea. Like, not that's a bad word, not trend, but it's a real movement, cooking with these European style. Mm, yeah, that's very true because it's recently we have a lot of uh, bakeries and pastry shops and also from uh, like there are beef patisserie and tartan bakery came oh, to yeah. in, Korea, in Korea. And yeah, a lot of uh, people, they are open more and more like the, um, the sourdough stuff and then the baguette and croissant and it's kind of right now it's a morning culture and afternoon tea culture in Korea too. Good point. The dining cultures is definitely lends to dessert a little bit more because of the cafe culture, post yeah, meal. Yeah, exactly. cafe, a lot of coffee shops and then mm-hmm. yeah, coffee place. Coffee's yeah. out of control. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, Korea, do you make it back to Korea a bit yourself? Um... After open, not really, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, before, yeah. Um, before, yeah, I've been there um, 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's been, that was the uh, first time that I came back to Korea after four years of New York. Mm-hmm. So during four years, a lot of changes in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I felt that and then I saw like so many food dining scenes grew up. So, which is great. Yeah, grew up. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, obviously, Korean culture is very strong there. There's all 
sorts of Ajima style restaurants <laughs> and modern restaurants too. Pierre Garnier and you say yeah, like but more these fine dining, fine dining, styles. Mingu yeah. Kang. You mm. know, you get uh, Jung Shik, of course. Yeah, of course, uh, is there. And but now it seems there's just a middle, like casual one star Michelin style in Seoul that's just amazing. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of uh, really great restaurants and chefs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, spread the word. I try to at least as much as I can. I, I, I'm only a mere visitor. But um, what about New York? Let's talk about Korean restaurants in New York. I mean, you've you've you know you were working at Junchik for a while, and that was very much the most you know before um, you know Auto Mix um, opened. It was like the fine dining restaurant for a Korean. But um, how have you seen this the Korean scene change in New York in the past? you know, dozen years or so? Oh, definitely more Korean chefs and then uh, Korean restaurants are revealed. So, like, mm-hmm. for example, like, Jongsik, of course, Jongsik, like, started from Jongsik. It's been, they, it's been 10 years they opened yeah. and they uh, retained two Michelin stars. Uh, but, but not only uh, based on Jongsik, like, we have Atomix and Chua, which is a really great Chua's restaurant, great. too. Yeah. And uh, the, this year we had, like, Oijimi and, Co- of course, like, Coat, mm-hmm. they are great, too, and Chumakbanjom. So more mm-hmm. Korean dining scenes got, yeah, developed and then... Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. I love writing about it. I think it's one of yeah, the most Naro, exciting. Naro, which is open recently. Yeah, too. Naro is opening. Yeah. yeah, I haven't made it there yet. Yeah, is so, it good? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you used to work with JP. No. You never crossed no, over. Okay. We were good friends, but then we yeah. worked together. <laughs> Part of the scene. Right, right, right. Um, what about you, like baking at home? Do you do you get time to do that in your in your own home? And and if so, what are you what are you making? I'm I'm always asking this question to pastry chefs because it's probably not the brown rice mousse or the sablé <laughs> that you make at No, Lise. usually I have a after opening Lise, I have only one one day off, uh, which is Monday off, and I take care of myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not because I'm six days and every like 15 hours per day I'm baking. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> yeah, so Monday it's a uh, for like taking care of myself, and then I'm go I'm going out to eat and delicious things by myself, but I'm not baking at home. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> very truthful answer. What about hand hospitality? I feel like hand has been uh, a major player in the past five years. These are partners of yours. They're partners of many of the Korean chefs we mentioned. You mentioned what's what's that collaboration like? Um, hand hospitality. They yeah. So Lise, we have a partnership with hand hospitality, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, every. Uh, like creation and then ideas it's uh, came from me but ha- without hand hospitality it's going to be difficult because they uh, helped uh, me and for beginning of Lise and uh, developing stuff like that in, uh, like from the operate um, like construction mm-hmm. mostly constructions mm-hmm. and uh, thanks to their support uh, we successfully opened too yeah, Hand is interesting, and I've never met the owners. I'd like to the partners because they're very much credit to spotting talent and helping nurture this scene of this Korean American and Korean Korean scene that we see in New York really blossoming. So I'm glad to hear that it was a, a productive. Yeah, they are. They are just 
I really appreciate them, and then yeah. they are a great partner. Uh, they are anytime, like anywhere, anywhere, anytime. Like they, when I call them, like they are here to mm-hmm. support us, and uh, it's just uh, very supportive. And then they respect, uh, you know, like chefs' ideas and then everything. So, cool. um, I think their most uh, biggest power it's uh, supportive like their name hand mm-hmm. hospitality oh yeah, and, yeah it's right with, there. with really great people in there too how do you do R&D for your desserts and your 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 pastries I mean are you drawing like the architecture and like a sketch pad are you is it are you using the computer I mean because I, I feel like there's a real architecture with your work it's not just it's not casual at all I mean there's fine lines there's harsh lines there's lots of cool um, angles um, for R&D uh, anyway it's starting from it starts from inspiration so I got inspiration um, like anytime or anywhere it, it just got it sometimes it came up like like that and um and then of course from the seasonal ingredients uh and also sometimes like korean ingredients that i want to use so starting from that i try to as you said i try to sketch on my notebook or uh just with the pen yeah (laughs) and some and uh it's as you say it's architecture because it's not a plating desserts it's uh you know, it's one in one shape. Everything has to be in one shape, mm-hmm. and it has to be okay to travel, and then okay to, you know, build it correctly, properly. So uh, everything, it's everything matters, and yeah. then the grams matters. So for example, like the you, you said, that our signature dessert lise, there is everything. Everything scaled everything. Like so, like biscuit is scaled, like sub the cookie is scaled. Yeah. You know, like inserts, uh, the creams are scaled. So everything has to be the same portions. And so when the person have their one bite, mm-hmm. it's well balanced. It really is. I mean, that's such a cool statement about the balance of when you spoon into that dessert. Um, into the you're getting rice, but you're also getting cream. Yeah. Um, and then the cake. What's the actual cake? The cake, it's a, um, it's a pecan and hazelnut biscuit. Uh, so yeah. it's like sponge cake. But it's a sponge, yeah, yeah. sponge cake. So I'm when I create the dessert, I'm thinking not only the visual, but also, of course, the taste, it's the most important. But not only visual or taste, but also um, like texture, it's mm-hmm. uh, really important. Temperature, yeah, temperature, Can't texture, because it has to be. I like creamy, but also like uh, crunchy, and then soft, but also like you know, like croustillant stuff. Yeah, very hard to execute that that mm. those those combinations. Yeah, <laughs> it's you. hard. Um, I was lucky to dine. I I was on Resi. I I scored like a four thirty five, like super early, which was awesome to eat dessert at five. Like highly recommend it. Um, how do you book? Because I feel like it's everyone's I talk to is like, man, I can't get in there <laughs> for real. Like no joke. I mean, you probably have kind of a waiting list on Resi, yeah. like 50,000 or something. No, I'm sure. no not 50,000. Right, yeah, that's totally untrue. It's like 20,000. Uh, um... <laughs> All right. So so but I, I really want to like our listeners are interested in your work. How do we book there? What's the what's the process? How the pr- it's ready? <laughs> you go to ready. Do you open up thirty days in advance? No, What's we the- open up fifteen days before. Fifth so yeah, days. so every m- f- 
month of 15th, like so December 15th, we open like January uh, reservation. Uh, So every 15th for next month. Okay, so January 15th is probably, we'll air this, or February 15th, okay, for February. So every 15 days you open it, and on the 1st as well. Okay, so if I can't get a reservation, I can still try the cakes, right? I can walk upstairs, and how do you actually take away the cakes? Um, yeah, so we're getting the we're taking the reservation by Resi, and then like people who made the reserva- reservation, they can directly to uh, directly go to the first floor dining room, so they can have a seat and then they mm-hmm. can enjoy our desserts. But uh, if you so everyone whoever like, people wants to come to enjoy our cakes, we open from twelve to six p.m. The gallery second floor is open to everyone for takeout, so they can directly go upstairs and they can take a look at our um, showcase of pastry and then desserts, and they can uh, bring the people takeout. I can usually see they can they are eating at uh, like Union Square Park or Medicine Square Park because we have a close to those park area. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can bring uh, at their home. Yeah, I, it's a, I'm glad you brought that up because I think some folks might think that it's only reservation only, but you can actually go upstairs, you know, grab a bench in Union Square Park, go to like a ca- cafe, like go to like a Yeah, a lot of a people coffee, doing that, actually. Go get coffee, you know, buy a coffee at the place and then eat your desserts. I, I think anyone visiting New York should check out Lise. It's really exciting to see the pastry come to life from like all the Instagram posts I saw. <laughs> You're very good with Instagram. <laughs> um, you've written this this book. It, it's it's plain desserts. It's, it's written from a really like a professional point of view. How did that idea come about and what are you doing with this book? Are you are you sharing the secrets of Lisey? Are you talking about your work at Junchik? Work in France? What, what what's the book about? So when I got the offer this book from a few years ago, I I was still at Chongshik at that moment, uh, but then after I uh, after leaving Chongshik, um, I plating desserts is always my passion, and still I really want to do the plating desserts. So that's why I right now we started as a cake, but we're going to start. I'm planning to start plating desserts and the dessert tasting program in the future, Elise. If I'm making my own cookbook, I wanted to make it as a plating dessert book because it's my passion yeah. and love. Um, and the, you said it's professional because every steps you can see as a photos and details. So I think people really um, like that those yeah. parts. They can see uh, visually, but also every detail and then every single steps. Um, and this this cookbook is special to me, not even not only because it's my first cookbook, but also um, I'm telling my own personal story on that yeah. book. So it's the first part. It's about my stories from young, like baby Angie, and then mm-hmm. how to decide to move France, and then how I left, how I live there, and then how I grew up, how I learned all the pastry and the pastry, uh, dessert stuff. And then I came to New York as a Chinese pastry chef, and then right now I made, I opened my own dessert shop. So all this story is in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to... Um, I, I wanted to tell uh, to people because... 
it's I think it's a unique experience. And a lot of I got messages from a lot of students. Like, oh, how can I go to France? How did you? How was it like the school? How can I enter the school? How did you get your experience? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share my story and then share hope. <laughs> to anyone, uh, anyone, can, anyone who can be with a, a lot of hard work, chef. fifteen hour, remember, fifteen <laughs> yeah, hour days, I mean, six days a week. That's the basic thing. So, <laughs> fifteen hour days, six days a week. Say, I can say it like six times. It is. Let that sink in. That is the life of a working professional chef in New York. But you enjoy it, right? Yeah, I have fun. You have fun. Um, I don't want to let it pass, but you just said something that I've been hoping you'd say. You're you're planning on doing a plated dessert restaurant now. Pichet Ong is a great friend of mine, and, and Pichet had Pong in the early 2000s, um, maybe a little bit later, maybe mid to, maybe like 2010. He had a tasting menu that was mostly dessert, and for some reason we don't have that as much in New York. Are you intending to do something like this and have like a real ta- plated dessert tasting menu? Yeah, uh, when I was at Cheongsik, I created the dessert tasting program. Um, and then it was a five, sixth course of dessert tasting from starting from the pre-desserts, main dessert, and then post-dessert, like petit four at the end. So I, um, it was only for the bar counter, uh, but people who love desserts, they really enjoyed it. And then I had a lot of fun to do that because I can show more, uh, you know, more my pastry and then dessert style and then, and then. It was really fun. So I want to like bring not only the plating dessert, but also like dessert full dessert tasting program, which is like five, six courses menu. It could be seasonal and then, uh, yeah, a bunch of ideas. In my That's head. so So I could like walk <laughs> in at like 5, 6 p.m. and like I'd, I'd like a six course dessert yeah, tasting and, and get that yeah and nice. also we're waiting uh it's been a year but we are waiting for the liquor license as well so once mm-hmm. we get the liquor license we can work with the wine pairing and and cocktails pairing stuff like that that's so, cool yeah so i'd like to create lise as a dessert heaven <laughs> yeah so this is going to be in the existing space or in a different location oh existing existing, existing. so space. you're going to evolve the downstairs Yes, for cafe. example, like right now we open from 12 to 6, but then after we close the shop, we can open as a dessert tasting yeah. bar stuff. So it's like a bar with, oh, I yeah, see what you're restaurant. doing there. I see what you're doing. I, I mean, when next year? Hopefully next year. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully next year because yeah. we need a lot of uh, work on it, work on that. Um, but I'm maybe like end of next year or the other, the next, next upcoming year. Unji, we ask all guests in the Taste Podcast if you could write a cookbook or food culture book without the burden of time, meaning you have no deadline, or the burden of budget, meaning you have all the money in the world to write this book, what would this book be? Well, I love travel. I love traveling, and I love uh, uh, I love adventures and then challenges, and uh, so I'm very... Um, I'm a curious person, so and and I see anything that I don't know, I'd like to taste it, and I like I like to know, understand, and know it. So I love to travel on a, like any other uh, like a lot of countries, and then I can I want to cook with their special ingredients or mm-hmm. just uh, their like special ingre- ingredients or regional um, ingredients that that doesn't exist any everywhere. 
Um, yeah, so I'd like to have a fun with that. I would love to see you on the road, <laughs> your pastry on the road. Yeah. Unji Lee, thank you for joining the Taste Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. The Taste Podcast is hosted by me, Matt Rodbard. It's produced by Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste Online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening.